like receiving compliments? Everybody like receiving compliments? Is there nobody that likes receiving compliments? No, okay. So for the most part, everybody likes receiving compliments, right? Uh, Pastor Denise actually gave me a compliment about two weeks ago. And uh, here in church, I was like, I just walked around with my chest puffed up all day long. I felt so good. You know, uh, Gary Smalley had wrote a book a, a number of years ago called The Five Love Languages. And one of them is words of affirmation. And, and that's me. You can give me a compliment uh, and, and, and totally be lying about it. I wouldn't care. Just go ahead and give me the compliment. And, and I would just be rolling around on the floor like a little puppy waiting for my belly to be scratched. You know what I'm talking about? I just love it. I just love it. I just love it. Uh, but if you do give me a compliment, I, it would be okay if it, if it was sincere. I would appreciate that. But, you know, if it's just a nice word, just go ahead and give it to me and, and, and I'll, be, I'll be good for hours and hours on end. You know what I mean? Well, you know, sometimes giving a compliment is, is not always easy. Uh, it's not always an easy thing to do, but it's something that we should really strive to, to go outside of our comfort zones to do. Um, and we give God uh, a lot of compliments, and we oftentimes call it praise, right? We, we give praise. Uh, now, I've got a, we, we have a 14-year-old Shih Tzu at home, and, and she doesn't hear very well anymore. So we can't give her praise because she doesn't understand it. But we just really try to get her out the door before she makes any messes. But, uh, well, you know, it, so sometimes it might be too late to give somebody a praise word. And, you know, we as people need to strive to praise other people. Right? We really need to strive to give compliments where compliments are due. Because it doesn't only bless the person that you're giving it to, but it also blesses you as the person who is given the compliment. You are given the praise. It blesses you when you give somebody else the praise. They receive it and feel good about it. And when you give it, you feel good about it. Particularly if it's sincere. You know, so that's where the sincerity part comes in. Right? Y'all, y'all follow me? Well, today I want to talk to you about the word hallelujah. The word hallelujah is a powerful word. And it's a word that we oftentimes kind of take for granted, I think. Because it can be very common. We say it all the time. We hear it in the media. We hear it in songs sometimes. We hear it in poorly written songs. And I'll touch on that a little bit if I've got time. Uh, by the way, Pastor Clint didn't tell me there was any time limit. So I think we're ordering pizza around 430. So I think we could be good for a while. These guys up here are like, uh, no, I'm out of here in 30 minutes. <clears throat> but, uh, but hallelujah is a powerful word. And so I wanted to, I'm going to do a little bit of duplication of what Pastor Clint talked on last week about, about, uh, about God's name. Because it's important to keep this all in context. Maybe somebody who was here last week is here today. And, and they, or who were here last week is here today. And so it's important that we put this in context. And, and, and I give you a, a big picture of the word hallelujah. And what it means, and what it means to us and what it means to God. You guys ready? Now. You're going to need your, if, if you have a Bible, I'll encourage you to, or, or your, your phone or whatever it is you do your scripture reading on. I encourage you to do that. I've got a few scriptures today. Uh, I didn't go overboard. You tell me at the end if I went overboard or not. But anyway, if, if you got your Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. And we're going to go right up to the beginning. Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. And we're going to talk about uh, a couple of, of, of uh, we're going to start here anyway. Let's just go with that. Give me an amen when you get there. Okay, I got a handful of amens. 
Genesis chapter 2 verse 4 says, This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, and the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, the word Lord there is the, the important word of the text, and it's the, the important word of this message, actually. So the word Lord there is the word, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's the big word for God. <laughs> it's, it's, his most, it's the most important word for God. And in, in the English, if we would spell this out in, in English letters, it would be Y-H-V-H. And if you have a notepad, you can write that down. Y-H-V-H. And we would we call it in the Hebrew, it, 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 the, the letters would be called the yod Hey bob Hey, And those letters are actually are in Psalms 119. That's how Psalms 119 is all laid out in the Hebrew alphabet. And for the sake of today's sermon, the, the YHVH is God's covenant name. That's why it's capitalized in the verses here. It's, it's Lord capitalized. It's differentiated from the other uses of the word Lord, which are in lowercase, because this is God's covenant name. And this is important to remember. That's why this. That's why the word is capitalized. And I was actually was quite astonished. I was I do a, I do a Wednesday night uh, midweek Bible study over Zoom and we we talked about this uh, one night and one of the uh, one of the persons on the Zoom said uh, the, the word Lord in my Bible isn't capitalized I'm like what I'm like throw that thing out and go get a Bible that has the word Lord capitalized where it's supposed to be capitalized because it is such an important word because it means God's covenant name and it's simply defined as the the existing one that means he he has always existed that's how he is differentiated from all other gods that we talked about and we sang about right that there are no other gods that they're made of silver they're made of gold they're made of wood they're made of stone they're nothing but the existing one our god our lord and savior He's existed from the very beginning. He's existing now and he'll exist to the very end, right? And that's why that name of God is so extremely important to us. So that yod hey vav hey terminology comes important when we talk about hallelujah. Because the hallelujah is the, the yah part of that is yod. It's a shortened version, the shortened name of yod heh vav That's where, it, that's why it becomes so important. So we normally associate the what we call the names of God. Really, they are the actions of God. It's God associated with the actions that he does or that he has done. So here in Genesis 2 and 4, we see, we see that God created and we see that God made. And so the word for created is the word bara. So when we would sing songs like we'd be, we'd be praising Jehovah bara. God created. God that created. God, that, God the one who creates. And we would celebrate that in that fashion. Uh, the word made there in, in the Hebrew word is the word asa. A-S-A. So we would we would associate that we would call him Jehovah Asa, the one who creates, the one who makes, the one who made the earth. 
That's the that's the God that we are worshiping, right? Not the little fat brass thing that you go into the Chinese restaurant and got the big belly. That's not him. Right? He's just he's just an ornament. Buddha is buried. Jesus is alive and he's he's risen. He's seated at the right hand of the Lord. He makes up the Trinity. He makes up the Trinity and that's who we are praising. Right? You with me so far? Let's look at a couple more here. Let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 23 verses 5 through 6. Jeremiah 5 through 6. 23, I'm sorry. 23, 5 through 6. Now I cheated and I went and wrote down my page numbers. I didn't cheat. I improvised. Okay, let me give me an amen when you get there. It's Jeremiah 23, 5 through 6. And these are powerful words. And these are words that, 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 that God uses to describe his character, describes who he is. And, in, and when he does that, it allows us to anchor our belief system, our faith in someone who is real. Amen? Someone who is active in our lives, active in the world, and continues to move amongst us for our own benefit. Y'all with me? All right. Are you there? Are you, are you there? Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6. The days are the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. Amen. Amen. Now, the word righteous is the word zitkana. It's the Hebrew word zit, zitkana. I won't even try to. I, I can spell it for you. S-I-D-Q. No U. E in U. S-I-D-Q-N-E-U. Okay. That too. Some people pronounce it with the T in front of it. Some people don't. That's okay. Okay. So the word righteousness, again, describing God, describing as he is right. Don't we all look for something in this world that is right? Something that we can anchor our lives on? As crazy as the world gets from left to right to center to backward to forward, to the media, to the politics of the day, to your friends' opinions. We need something in our lives to say, I know what is right. And that is what I reference my life on. Yeah. Amen. You with me? So this is these are powerful words, the great words um, that, uh, that, 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 that God gives us to describe who he is, describes his character. And this is how we fall in love with God. When we find out who he is. You ever had a relationship with somebody that you had no idea who they were? You know why that is? Because you don't understand their character. You don't understand what they're made up of. And it takes time and energy and effort to get to know that person. It's the same with our relationship with God. we got to take the time and the effort and the energy to find out who God is. Not just take him for granted. Thinking that he's going to show up for us every time 
You know, we think we need something. He will, because he's that good. Okay. Let's look at one more. Let's look at another one. Psalms 103, 1 through 6. Psalms 103, 1 through 6. Let me know when you get there. Okay, Psalms 103. It's beautiful verses right here. We could spend all day on this right here, but we won't. We'll spend about two minutes. And it says, Psalms 103, 1 through 6 says, Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And for, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Verse 6, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Amen? Amen. Now let me tell you something about the word soul here. And put this in a little more, maybe a concrete something for you. The word soul in Hebrew means your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. And by the way, a list of about eight other things, but they summarize in about in those three things, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So when you see things like praise the Lord, my soul, it's coming from your innermost being. It's coming from your mind. You are actively engaged in praising God with your mind, with your will. You have chosen and decided to praise God and your emotions are in it too because as you learn more about God and his characteristics and, and his qualities and who he is and how much he loves his believers and loves his followers, your emotions just start coming out and overwhelming. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. And I'm going to pick up just, there, there, there's a lot of verbs here in, in these verses. A lot of verbs, a lot of action words. And just thank God that we have a, that God is a God of action. Amen. Because I need a God of action in my life. Because I'll be, I'll be honest with you guys, this, this is going to be a surprise. I'm not perfect. I know that. I, I blow you away. I get it. I get it. But I need God in my life to give me course corrections. Because I do make mistakes. I do have errors. I do have a human body. I do have a flesh. Amen. And we do need God to help us come in and correct our souls, our mind, what we're thinking about, how we're thinking about things, how we're putting things in context. Are we thinking about a worldview? Are we thinking about a biblical view? He does those things for us because he's a God of action. He's a God that's moving. Amen. I'm going to pick up on the word here in verse 3. Actually, the word heals. The word heal. The word in Hebrew is rafa. If, if sometimes we would, as from a naming convention, a naming sake, we'd say Jehovah Rapha. The God who heals. Amen. How many of us have ever prayed for a healing for somebody? 
maybe ourselves. You know, and these are the these are the words that we hang on to. Because God may choose to heal somebody at that very moment. God may choose to heal them time down the road. God may choose to heal them in heaven. That's his will. That's his word. But that doesn't matter to us because we can still pray because we know that he heals. Right? Amen. He heals. And we hold on to that faith that he has the ability to do those things. Look at all the verbs that are in this in these few verses here. Forgives. Heals, redeems, crowns, satisfies, renewed, works. Amen. Powerful, powerful images that we get from God. God is full of action on our behalf. On our behalf, he is in action. Amen. You feel good about that? Now, let me, I'm, I'm going to read you Isaiah 9, 6. You don't necessarily have to go there unless you want to. Isaiah 9, 6 says, In his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Man, talking about getting ready for Advent. Right? How oftentimes we hear this as, as, as a fulfillment of the scriptures prophesied by Isaiah about the Messiah, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Prince of Peace. I'm going to pick on that just a little bit because I know it's a common term that we hear a lot about peace. And the Hebrew word is shalom. Let me, let me give you some examples of what shalom means. And, and as I say these things, internalize them into your person. Completeness. Soundness. Safety, health, prosperity, tranquility, contentment, friendship. Wow. In a world where we have people who feel so incomplete, who don't know who they are, who are changing their identity based upon what is going on in the world around them. And then God says, Shalom. You are complete the way I made you. Soundness and safety and health. Anybody use any tranquility in your life? Yeah. yeah. How about in your home life? Tranquility. How about contentment? Instead of chasing that golden ring wherever it goes, just go, Thank you, Lord. I'm here. I'm good. Friendship. <clears throat> you guys understand that God the creator, God the maker, God the healer, God who is the prince of peace is your friend. Oh, you, you, you get that? I mean, God sat with Moses as a friend. Talk to Moses as a friend. That's just like you and I having a cup of coffee. Looking at each other in the eye. Smelling our breath without masks. Smelling our cologne, you know, or perfumes, you know. That's how intimate God desires us to be with him. You know, we hug friends. 
We wish the best for friends. We pray the best for our friends. We want to encourage our friendship by spending time with them and giving them our time. And in return, we expect time from them. Jesus said the same thing, didn't he? Imagine that. He called his disciples his friends, his followers. Amen. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful image to remind us of who God is. Isn't that awesome? Now, all of all of these are actions, right? It is what God is what is what God is bringing to our relationship with him. Think about that. All of God's abilities. I've only mentioned a half a dozen here. He's got over 6,000 in the Old Testament alone. And you guys probably would not appreciate it if I spent time to go over all 6,000. So we just went over a few. But God brings all of these together in our relationship with him. And he's, and he's ready and willing to do so. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's one of my favorite verses of all times. That when we step forward and we draw near to God, he promises us that he will draw near to us. Man, talk about a friend. But we have got to take the action ourselves to be the initiator of that because God's not a rude person. God's not a rude God. He's not going to force himself upon anybody. People who say today, I don't know where God is. I don't have God in my life. I don't believe there is a God. I grew up in church my entire life, they would say, and I don't believe there is a God. And I would tell them, you start the conversation with God. You start reading and, and, and reading your word, and you start praying. And I promise you that God of the creator of this world will show up in your life because it's a promise from him. Right? That covenant name, Yod-Heh-Bav-Heh, is his promise name. It's his, he's a promise maker. He's a promise keeper. And when he says he's going to do something, he's going to do something. So when you show up, he'll show up. It's a promise. And he'll make it happen. Because relationships to him are so important. It doesn't, the material things in your life aren't really that important to him. He might bless you. He might give you things. He might reward you or whatever the right word is you want to use with material stuff. And some people may get more than you. But at the end of the day, the common denominator is his relationship with you. You can be the richest man in the world. And at the end of the day, he wants a relationship with the richest man in the world, with the richest woman in the world. You could be the poorest person on the planet. And at the end of the day, he wants a relationship with you. That's what he brings to the table. To this table of friendship, this table of conversation, he brings all of this to the table. And he says, here's what I've got. What do you bring into the table, Steve? Um... Contrite heart, humbleness, repentance, do my best. <laughs> well, I'm going to 
flip the script now just a little bit. So this whole thing is all about God and what he has brought. Now let's talk about what we can bring to the table. This is the halle part of the hallelujah. We've been talking about the yah. Now let's talk about the halle. Halle. H-A-L-L-E. I'm sorry. H-A-L-A-L. Halle is the, is the Hebrew is the Hebrew um, uh, translation in English. H-A-L-A-L. And here's what this word means. When you are praising the Lord, here's how he sees it from his perspective. And I want you to internalize this too. To shine. To shine. When you are praising the Lord, he sees you as shining. To flash forth light to praise. To boast. When we are praising the Lord, when we are singing the hallelujahs and we're singing these songs, we are boasting to the world about our Heavenly Father. And how awesome He is, how phenomenal He is. And He brings all this to the table. All this healing, all this creation, all the making, all the righteousness. He brings that to the table because we ain't got it. Can I use some prop, some programmer for a moment? We just ain't got it. But God does. To shine, to flash forth, to boast, to be made praiseworthy. You know, you are worthy of praising God because of the work that he has done in you. For the salvation and the forgiveness of your sins, you are saved because he said so. When Jesus died on the cross, he says, you're saved and you believe in me. When you confess me as Lord and Savior and believe it in your heart, you're saved. One more word here in halal, to glorify, to glorify. This is our part to do. In this praise the Lord. In this in this word hallelujah. This is our part to do. As we praise the Yah. As we praise the Yah, the shortened names of God, that Yod Hey Bave, that Y H B H, praising God, his covenant name. His covenant name. Psalms 105 45 says. That they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise the Lord. How important is it for us to obey God's word? Not to be making stuff up and saying, God told me this. If it's not in the word, he didn't tell you. Right? Right? Because we consider it to be a closed book, a closed canon. We just can't make up things and add things to it. We obey his word. Psalm 106, one says, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. His mercy endures forever because I stink forever. Right? I have got to have his mercies every day. I have got to have his forgiveness. I have got to come to him uh, and say, Lord, I messed up. I made a mistake. 
He says, I got you. Psalms 1 and 2, 18 says, This shall be written for the generation to come and the people which shall be created. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's the hallelujah. Why do you hallelujah? Why? Why do you praise the Lord? Why do you praise the Yah? Why do you praise the existing one? Why do you praise the covenant keeper? Let me give you some answers. Those were rhetorical. I didn't want everybody to stand up and start confessing all your sins. I believe we praise God for very many different reasons, but let me give you a couple. Because he brings all of himself into our friendship. To use kind of a secular term, he's all in. He is all in. That moment in time when we ask Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior, and we say it with our mouth, we mean it in our hearts, at that moment in time, Jesus says, I'm all in. I'm bringing everything to bear for you, Steve. You and you and you and you and you and every believer. He says, I'm there. I'm there for you. Now, you know, we're human. We'll waver. We'll flip-flop. We'll have peaks and valleys in our walk with him. But he won't. He's the constant in the world. He's the constant in life. When the world has gone crazy and we're in pandemics and we're in wars and we're in all these things that he says is going to happen. He's the constant. He's even. I almost said even Stephen, but that wouldn't be fair. He's even keel. He's, 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 he's correct. Here's the second reason why I think we praise the Lord. <clears throat> Our forgiveness is eternal regardless what the devil says or reminds you of your past. Jesus Christ has forgiven you of those sins forever. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. That those sins from the past that the devil keeps throwing under your mind and reminding you, you say, no devil, I've been forgiven by Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Praise the Lord. And the devil shudders. Because God is alive. Amen. That's why we praise him. The existing one. He is alive. He is real. He is eternal. There is no changing him. He's the constant. Now this word hallelujah has caught on. And, and, and it, it, it's, a, it's a very common word. There was a man in 1984, who wrote a very popular song called Hallelujah. His name is David Cohen. And it is probably the closest thing to blasphemy I've ever seen come close to. If you read the words, let me just encourage you not. You can if you want to. You're adults, but kids, you do what you want. <clears throat> With parental guidance. <laughs> Get myself in trouble there. See, I wouldn't. I get myself in trouble all the time. 
I won't tell you what the lyrics are because I didn't write them down, but I, I read them and they're horrible. I'll give you, a, I just give you a small hint though. Rolling Stone magazine wrote an article on this song that is extremely popular, by the way. It says Hallelujah like 13, 14, 15 times in the song. But Rolling Stone magazine wrote an article and titled this, how did the, titled the article this, How Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah Brilliantly Mingled Sex and Religion. It is probably the closest thing to blasphemy I can think of in the modern age. But we have true praise, don't we? We have true praise. We worship and praise God, the true and living God. Huh? Amen? 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 All eternal, the existing one forever and ever. He's got no beginning. He's got no end. And because of that, generations upon generations upon generations... For thousands and thousands and thousands of years since man has walked this earth, has been praising God. Amen? Amen. And we will too praise the Yah. We will praise the Yah. Amen? Amen. Let's praise Him. Let's just give Him some hallelujahs. I will close in prayer here in just a moment, give a benediction. But you know, when the devil throws things in your mind about your past, Sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. And just give them, give God the glory. Amen. Give God the glory that he loves you. He knows you. The Bible tells you that God knows you so well. He knows how many hairs are on your head. That's how well God knows you. I got a little bald spot up here, bro. I'm almost like a friar tuck. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are gracious. Oh, Lord, we love you. And we just say, praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Father God, for loving us, correcting us, leading us, guiding us, healing us, Creating us, forgiving us of our sins. Thank you, Father God. Lord Jesus, I pray that you bless the congregations and the families that represent here today as they go forward today and throughout this week, Father God. May healing come in their bodies as they, as they call upon you, Lord, and as you answer their prayers, Father God. May it be according to your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.